Welcome to the Effortless English Show with the world's number one English teacher, AJ Hogue, where AJ's more than 40 million students worldwide finally learn English once and for all without the boring textbooks, classrooms, and grammar drills. Here's AJ with a quick piece to help you learn to speak fluent English effortlessly. I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native. Speak English powerfully. Speak English fluently. Think in English. Commit to my VIP program. Join. Train. Be an advanced English speaker. Join my VIP program. Be a VIP member. Go and join now. Join today. Remain a member. EffortlessEnglishClub.com Join at EffortlessEnglishClub.com That's EffortlessEnglishClub.com I am back in Osaka, Japan. Had a very nice week on the island of Guam. Sunny and warm Guam. I'm now back in Osaka, Japan. It is autumn here, of course. The leaves are changing colors now. Starting to change colors in the city. Comes a little bit late, right? It's all, it's November, and the leaves are finally changing. October was still fairly warm, and this was also true last year. So, Osaka stays warm fairly late, but finally it's November, and definitely it's getting cooler now, and the leaves are changing. We had a great time in Guam. Lots of snorkeling, right? There's a well, there are actually a lot of great beaches on Guam. There was one right near where we were staying. So most mornings we would get up and just walk over to the beach and snorkel around and look at the fish. Enjoy the water, which was nice and warm. And, of course, the sun. Just a relaxing week. One thing we did miss was Japanese food. Japanese food is fantastic. So it is nice to be back here with so much fantastic yummy food. Now, I'm not done with nature because we have another trip planned here in Japan. We're going to do some hiking in the mountains uh, soon, probably next week. I'll be going off on a hiking trip. We're just figuring out now, figure out our path and our accommodation and our schedule, but probably we'll be walking in the mountains for one to two weeks is our plan. Really, really beautiful area from from what I've seen. It'll be my first trip. But we're go planning to go to an area called the Kumano Kodo. Kumano Kodo. 
very old uh, walking paths in the the mountains the trees the mountains in an area called Wakayama which is to the south of Osaka City a beautiful area fantastic area so we're going to go and do some walking on the Kumanokodo, a very, very old, another very, very old pilgrimage route I mentioned in a, in an earlier show. This one is also over a thousand years old. And there are a bunch of shrines, Shinto shrines, that are connected by these paths. And Buddhist temples also, but this one especially uh, is uh, focused on the sh- Shinto. I'll let you know more about that as we do it. Now, when I, we go into the mountains, it will be quite difficult for me to do shows, podcasts. I could do it on Guam because in our hotel we had Wi-Fi. It was a little bit slow Wi-Fi, but I, just doing audio was it was okay. I could uh, still record on Guam. So as you saw, I I was able to do shows on Guam about every about every other day. I didn't do it every day, but I did shows about every two days while I was in Guam. But when we go into the mountains, I probably will have a break with no shows for one to two weeks, uh, simply because I think there's. N- going to be no Wi-Fi in most of the places we'll stay. We're going to be uh, way out in the mountains, away from most civilization, staying in some temples or shrines. Uh, if I get lucky, maybe, maybe there might be a place with Wi-Fi, but I'm not sure. The other issue is that uh, we're going to be hiking up and down mountains and I want to keep my backpack as light as possible. I want to keep it very light. So I'm not sure I want to take uh, a laptop and an audio recorder with me because that's a lot of weight. And and especially too, it might rain and I want my computer to get wet. So we may have a break. We'll probably finish The Alchemist this coming weekend. We'll, do, we'll finish the book, The Alchemist, finish our book club, and then I'll go and do my hiking in the mountains. We'll have a little break f- with the show, and then I'll be back, and we'll start back as usual, and we'll start a new book. If you're reading The Alchemist with me, please go ahead and finish the book. Finish the rest of The Alchemist in the next few days, and this weekend we'll talk about the alchemist and I'll try to do the whole thing I'll try to finish the rest of the book finish our story reading the alchemist you know in the alchemist uh, there's a lot of uh, discussion of intuition you know following your your deep intuition your deep enthusiasm he calls it desire, but I don't really like... Desire can uh, has a lot of meanings. A desire can mean uh, just, just a strong wanting. So he says, you know, your strong desires are, are always positive, but he, uh, that's a, 
I don't know if that's a bad translation or it's a bad, uh, an incorrect thought from <laughs> Quilio. But either way, it, that's not correct at all. We know for sure, it's quite obvious that there are many strong desires which are, in fact, very negative. Indeed, the source of great, great evil. Strong desires can be and lead to great evil. Desires can be very dangerous. So I don't like I don't like that use of the word desire. Again, I have not read the original Portuguese version of the book, so I don't know what word he's using in Portuguese for the story. But the in the English version of the book, they translate it as desire, which I think is a um, it's not a good translation. It's not a good choice of words. I think a deep intuition might be a better. Uh, choice or deep, strong um, enthusiasm. Right, there are other words in English that communicate this idea better. The idea he's trying to to communicate. What he's trying to talk about. What he is talking about, which we can understand from the whole situation of the story. What Paulo Coelho is trying to tell us. What he's, what he's talking about is not just every strong desire. You can have a strong desire for sugar. You can have a strong desire for drugs, heroin. You can have a strong desire for alcohol. You can have a strong desire to hurt people. Those are quite obviously bad and evil and you should not follow them. So that's not what he's talking about in the story. What he's talking about in this story is is something much deeper and more positive and more spiritual, right? I, I used the word before, a calling. Because what he's talking about, what it's obvious, the way he communicates these ideas in the story, he's really talking about some kind of spiritual message, a message com- coming from deep uh, inside your spirit, deep inside uh, your soul, Possibly, a, you know, a message from a divine message from God, right? Of uh, what's most important and good and true inside of you. That's what he's talking about. That those messages that keep coming again and again and again, trying to push you, lead you in a good direction, in the direction towards, you know, goodness happiness, truth. That's what he's talking about, obviously. We can see from the story that's what he's talking about. Some might call this your conscience. Your conscience. Your deep conscience. It's the, 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 that deep voice inside that tells you what, what is right and wrong. It tries to lead you towards good. Sometimes it's quiet, and some people it's very quiet, and they have to listen to it very carefully. <laughs> Many people ignore it. Some truly evil people seem to not even have it. I don't know if they have it, but they, they don't follow it. And this is connected to two other words or two other ideas. Intuition and thinking. What's the difference between those two? Because what he's talking about in the book, 
is is really intuition as another word we could use intuition calling spiritual messages deep enthusiasm conscience these are all connected and related similar but let's just use the word intuition today intuition Right? A lot of times we talk about this word intuition. Follow your intuition. Listen to your intuition. Like it's it's, it's the idea of some uh, like a voice deep inside you that's telling you what's right, what's true, what you should do, help you make decisions, uh, give you creative ideas. Intuition. But then we also have this word thinking. Thinking, we all kind of understand what thinking is. But what's the difference between the two? What's the difference between intuition and regular thinking? Well, let's talk about the difference. Thinking is essentially, usually, talking to yourself. Talking to yourself in your mind. Not usually out loud, usually silently in your own mind when you think what are how are you thinking well, a lot of it is language based right a lot of it is talking it's words you're thinking in words right you're having conversations in your head with yourself what should i do oh, maybe i should do this maybe i should do that you know, a large amount of thinking is verbal Right? It's, or a better way to say it is is language based right you think in language that's a large part of it the rest of it is often images right pictures that you make in your mind or movies that you make in your mind that's another common way of thinking but I think for most people most of the time even when you're thinking with pictures or movies in your mind, you're also attaching words, right? So there's a lot of language involved in normal, everyday thinking. Another uh, characteristic of thinking is that when you're thinking, when you're really trying to think, when you're doing a lot of thinking, your mind is typically noisy. You have the feeling that your mind is noisy. And again, why? Because your mind is filled with a lot of words, talking to yourself, and a lot of images, right? pictures and movies in your mind. So it's very full, right? It's very active. Your mind is very, 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 very active. Noisy, we could say. A kind of a noisy mind. Just jumping around from words to words, sentences to sentences, pictures to pictures. This is another characteristic of thinking. It tends to be, often is very noisy. Another characteristic of thinking. Thinking is output-focused output focused right it's you're trying you're trying <laughs> you're making an effort to create to create thoughts to create ideas again it's like speaking we can think of it like language right output what's output with language well it's speaking and writing right? input input is listening 
right? When you listen or when you read, that's input. You're receiving language. But when you speak or you write, it's output. You're putting out language. What's well, the same thing? When you think, you're typically putting out thoughts. And what are those thoughts? Usually, again, language. You're putting out language in your mind. You're talking to yourself. Or you're putting out images, sometimes sounds. But it's output. A lot of output. And often you're trying to output. You're asking yourself questions. What should I do? And then you start making a list. Well, I could do this. Or maybe I could do this. Or maybe I could do this. Right? It's output, output, output. You're talking. You're creating these thoughts. And another final characteristic with all of this, with thinking, is often thinking, therefore, is kind of impatient, not patient. Right? Because you're trying to push. There's a feeling of effort. There's a feeling of effort with thinking, especially when you're trying to solve a problem, think of a solution, make a decision, right? You're, you're kind of using energy. You feel like you're trying to push yourself. I've got to make a decision. I've got to figure out this problem. I have to make a decision. What do I do? I need, a, I need, a, I need a new idea. Ah. And you're, there's this feeling of effort and pushing Right, and you can get frustrated if it's not working. It can, you can get frustrated. When it is working, it feels pretty good. But when you're not thinking well, when you're, when you're not thinking of the solution, when you're struggling to decide, well, then it can be very frustrating and you get impatient. You're not patient. So that's thinking. Now, thinking is, is natural. Our brains will think. Our brains, much of our brains are designed to think. And thinking is necessary. We, uh, it's, a, it's part of solving problems. It's part of communication. Thinking is not bad. It's just that thinking is limited. Thinking is good for some situations, sometimes. Uh, typically, the day-to-day normal stuff we do every day the typical problems and issues and decisions we have each and every day, the kind of normal life stuff. Thinking is very useful for all of that and necessary. So we don't want to stop thinking. In fact, it's pretty much impossible to stop thinking completely forever until you die. <laughs> and who knows, maybe even after that, we don't know. Okay, so it's not that thinking is bad, but, it, but it's, it's limited. it has limited use. It's a tool. It's a tool like a hammer or a screwdriver or a saw, right? And a hammer is not good for every situation. And a screwdriver is not good for every situation. And a saw is not good for every situation. You've got to use the right tool for the right situation, for the right job. Let's talk now about intuition. Intuition is more useful for which situations? Not Sometimes intuition is useful for everyday quick decisions, you know, but but not so much. Intuition is especially useful for those big life decisions, right? Those big decisions about life, the, the direction of your life. What should you do with your life? Um, you know, should, should I uh, take this job or what career should I have? Or what is the meaning of my life? What is my mission right now or my purpose in life? Um, how can I best lead my family? Uh, you know, these kind of very large decisions and very deep and important decisions are often, often very difficult 
to figure out with normal thinking. You know, a lot of people, you know, what's my purpose? What's, the, what's my purpose for life? What's my mission for life or my missions? Right, a lot of people struggle with this, especially young people. And they're, oh, I don't know. And they think and they think and they think and they think about it. And they, they think of one answer. Then they change their mind and then something else. And they change their mind again. And they're, they're very indecisive. They can't decide. They're not sure. And it's very stressful. And that's because they're trying to use normal, regular thinking, problem solving, for a situation that is much more deep and spiritual. And really, intuition's better for those situations. That's one of the messages Paulo Coelho in The Alchemist is giving us, right? Because Santiago is basically searching for meaning and purpose, right? For his mission. It's not just about money and gold or something. It's much deeper than that. And he is having to use his intuition to make those decisions. So what's intuition? How is it different than normal thinking? Well, number one, intuition usually starts with observing. Observation. Quiet. Quiet observation is usually the starting point and the main way of connecting to your intuition right so thinking is more loud and noisy right you're you're asking questions you're talking to yourself a lot lots of images lots of words in your mind intuition using your intuition is is more is a more quiet process right you instead of making your mind becoming more noisy with words you quiet the words you quiet the conversation in your mind and you just listen and look Santiago does this a lot remember in, in the caravan right when they're going through the desert the Englishman's a thinker the Englishman is very focused on language reading lots and lots of books talking 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 thinking thinking a lot that's the Englishman but Santiago is much more uh, intuitive. That's the adjective. He's intuitive. Santiago doesn't like talking, 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 talking too much, reading, reading, reading. He doesn't want to focus too much on language. What does Santiago do? Santiago watches. He watches the people in the caravan carefully. He watches the animals and notices them in the desert. He watches the desert itself, the sand, the sky, the sun, the moon, the wind, the stars. He's always watching, carefully looking and observing, listening very, very carefully, quieting his mind. With intuition, the process of using and finding your intuition, you're Coelho describes it as immersion in the present moment. Immersion means you're fully in, right? You just quiet your mind and you're just connected to right now, the present moment. With intuition, you're not trying to focus on the future so much. 
And you're also not trying to think about the past. You're right now, here now. The famous phrase, I think Ram Dass said it, be here now, be here now. That's the process of intuition. You have to be here now, where you are, noticing where you are right now, looking and seeing what's around you very carefully, listening very carefully, quieting your mind, even noticing your, your own breathing, your own feelings in your body. It's a quiet mind. It's very meditative. With intuition, you are open. Your mind is open and receptive. Right? So it's more about input with intuition. Right? With thinking, right? You're outputting, you're outputting, you're outputting. You're asking questions, you're talking to yourself. But with intuition, you're listening. You're just receiving. Right? You're just trying to receive. You're open to input. You're just going to wait and see what comes in. You're just going to notice. Notice even thoughts if they pop up. Instead of trying to grab the thoughts and think about them and figure out the thoughts, you just let them come. You just notice them. You observe them. And that's all. And it's the same with the external world. You notice and observe people. You notice and observe nature, the sun, the weather, everything, even yourself. It's very receptive, focused on input. So again, if we compare it to language, intuition is more like listening and reading, right? You're, 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 you're letting everything come in. You're not trying to put anything out. It's all about observing and letting information, the world, messages, whatever, you let it all come in. You're receiving. It's about receiving. And because of this, intuition is very quiet and patient. Right? Thinking can be impatient, right? Because you're really, you're pushing. But intuition is very peaceful feeling. You're not, you're not on a timetable. You're just letting everything happen right now. You're just open to everything and to anything. And so it's very calm, very patient. So the question is, which, which one do you use and which one's best? Well, as I said, for, for the everyday quick decisions, uh, thinking is probably best, right? Because intuition is a slow process, typically. Now, sometimes you get a quick intuition and you just make a quick action, and that's fine, too. But when you have to make a quick decision about something, should I do this or should I do that today? What should I order today for breakfast if you go to a restaurant? Well, okay, just think, look, well, that looks good. Okay, I choose that. But for those, like the deep question, let's say you're facing, you're a young person, you've gotten out of school and you're saying, what should I do with my life now? What should I do? I'm finally a, an adult. I'm free to make my own choices. Nobody's telling me what to do anymore. 
Well, that, that's a big question. Well, you don't need to answer that question in one day. You can take a few months, okay? You may even need a few years to answer that question. So what you need to do is every day just be quiet, observe. You need more life experience. You need to observe life. You just need to open up, open yourself to experience, uh, to, to the people you meet, to the things that happen to you each and every day. And then see what happens. Because see how intuition works. Is that you receive, you receive, you receive. Your mind gets calmer and more quiet, calmer and more quiet. And for a while, you, you, you don't get any answers. You may, maybe you have a big question. What should I do with my life? Um, should I start a family? Uh, what's, what's my life purpose? What, what's my mission or missions in life? Or at least right now. And for a while, you, you don't really get an answer. That's kind of normal for intuition. It's not immediate, often. So you just keep quieting your mind, listening, observing, noticing, receiving, patiently, calmly. And then you, you never know when. <laughs> it might be in one week and it might be in a year. Or it might be a few years later. You will, as your mind gets quiet, that deep part of you, you your conscience, your intuition, your spirit, your soul, whatever you want to call it. But that deep part of you will start to speak up as you just quietly observe, quietly observe. And then you'll start to get these little messages. Maybe you'll just notice that you're extra happy when you're doing something. Like maybe you'll notice that when you're outdoors, you're just happier. Well, because you're quiet, you're observing, your mind's not full of noise. So you start to notice and you start to realize, oh, you know, I'm really happy outdoors. And when I'm indoors, I'm not so happy. I'm less happy. I feel good outdoors. And you, but you just, you just keep going and you keep waiting and observing quiet mind. And you keep getting this message again and again. You start realizing it. And then it becomes a little clearer. And you know, I, need to, I need to do some kind of job where I'm outdoors. Of course, right? And then it'll become more clear. And then, then your thinking will start to work because now you're getting this message from your intuition and now you can start to come use your thinking to help. And you can say, well, okay, what, what jobs are good for working outdoors? And you start to think about it. And then maybe you get stuck again. Maybe you have a list of 10 or 12 or 20, but you're not sure which one. So then you just go, you go back to intuition again. Quiet, just observe. And you'll feel yourself being pulled to one or two of those answers and the message will keep coming again and again it'll keep coming back it'll keep coming back it'll keep coming back again and again and again that's how you know it's an intuition one way you know is that one your mind is quiet and two that the same answer keeps coming back again and again and again when your mind is quiet and calm and peaceful and this way you'll you'll be led like for me travel when I was younger it just kept coming back. This, you know, I, I didn't know what I what I wanted to do with life. I was just working kind of any job to make money. I didn't know, and I just kind of just tried to observe and not force myself. And I just kept noticing travel, travel. I kept having this, like being pulled towards going to other countries. And so I followed it. Finally, it was my intuition leading me.
And the same was true for starting my own business. It took many, many, many years until I finally followed that. But that answer kept coming back again and again and again and again and started to realize, aha. Okay, so how to use intuition. Let's just be very practical. When and how do you use intuition? When's the time? Well, for most of your daily life stuff, normal decisions, normal thinking, more normal problem-solving, thinking will be fine. It's when you have those big decisions in life, those big tough decisions in life, and the normal thinking's not working. Alright, so you've got some big decision or problem or question in life. And you think about it, you think about it, you think about it for days and days and days, and you just can't decide or you can't figure it out. You just don't know. That's when it's time to turn to your intuition. And what you must do is, the first step is just stop the thinking. You have to just stop trying to solve the problem for a while. Stop with the normal thinking. If it's not working, it's a sign to stop and to just quiet your mind about that topic. Quiet your mind. And instead of thinking, observe. Focus on observing. Looking, looking, looking carefully. When you do this internally, it's called meditation. When you observe your own breathing, when you observe your own thoughts, when you observe the sensations, the the feelings, vibrations in your body, that's called meditation. Those are all different means or methods of meditation. So that's one way to do it, is just to meditate and to focus observing listening and observing internally. That can be difficult, (laughs) as you know, we've talked about it. It requires discipline. Uh, Something that is a little easier to do, that requires less discipline, it's easier to do, is to focus externally. You can use the same mental state, the same focus, but use it externally. So you observe and listen to the outside world. And this is the way an artist, for example, an artist or a a really good photographer, this is the way they will observe the world, where they quiet their mind and they just look, they just observe everything around them. You can do it with people. As people go by, you just quietly look at them, but really look at them. Really observe them carefully. You know, notice their facial expressions. Notice uh, the clothes they're wearing. Notice the way they're moving. Really notice the people. You can do it with nature, the trees, the plants, animals. Even the cars and bicycles and trains and things that go by. Even the clouds and the sky. The dirt under your feet. Bugs. Just noticing, quieting your mind and just noticing, 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 observing the outside world. 
can do that with your eyes and you can also do it with your ears, noticing sounds, really listening carefully. I'll do this sometimes when my mind's too loud and noisy and confused. Sometimes I'll, you know, maybe I'll be in a coffee shop. I'll just close my eyes for a few minutes and I'll just notice the sounds of Right. Usually there are lots of people talking all at the same time and there's some music and it all together mixes together and kind of this this kind of hum, this kind of vibration noise. And I'll just notice it very, very carefully, focus on it. And as I do that, my mind gets quiet and more peaceful. And then often then I'll open my eyes And while I still continue to notice the sounds, I'll also use my eyes and I'll look around and I'll do the same thing with my eyes and I'll just notice everything I'm seeing very carefully. So I'm doing, I'm noticing with my eyes and with my ears at the same time. Not thinking, not talking. I love to do this while I walk. I'll go for long walks, an hour, two hours. And sometimes when I walk, I think. Walking's a great way to solve problems and think of ideas and things. So I, a lot of times I do that. I'll, I'll be walking along and I'll just think, oh, what, what can I do? What, can, what, what should I talk about in today's show? Or I'll think about other things in my life. And, and I get a lot of creative thinking done when I'm walking. But other times... Especially when I have maybe some really big issues or questions or something and I really need to use my intuition, I'll just quiet my mind and I'll just walk. And as I walk, I just notice everything. I walk and I just look and listen, look and listen, and try to keep my mind as quiet as possible as I look and listen, look and listen, as I walk through the city or park or wherever I am. And I'll continue doing this for days and days, sometimes weeks and weeks. And for really tough, big questions, sometimes even months and months or even years. But as I do this, what happens is eventually, as my mind gets more quiet, little ideas start to pop in my head about those big questions. And then sometimes those same ideas or thoughts or something they keep coming back again and again and I start feeling like I'm like I'm being pulled like something is pulling me or attracting me in a certain direction that's intuition it's often very soft and quiet in the beginning but it keeps coming back again and again and again and it gets stronger and stronger and stronger And what's interesting is the more quiet and peaceful I become mentally, right, with my mind and my emotions, the more quiet my mind gets, the more peaceful my mind becomes, the stronger that intuition. This is one way, this is a good way to test, by the way, and a good way to, to, to know if something is a is is a good healthy positive intuition or if it's just some desire that's not positive that's maybe bad or destructive 
those bad and destructive um, desires often come when your mind is very noisy and stressed and frustrated. And usually those unhealthy desires, usually they get weaker. They get weaker when your mind becomes quiet. So for example, let's say I'll use one of my own that I've talked about that you, you all know. Sugar, the desire for sugar, okay? That's one of my uh, unhealthy desires that I have to fight against sometimes, often. So let's say, uh, I notice that my desire for sugar usually gets stronger when I'm stressed. When I'm stressed, when I'm unhappy, when I'm frustrated. That's when those desires for sugar come. Why? Well, because sugar, at least in the short term, right, gives a nice good feeling. Right? It gives a jump in energy. It feels good in the short term. So if my body is feeling, if I'm feeling tired and, and frustrated and stressed, I can eat something sweet. And for at least for a short time, I feel a little better. So it gets stronger when I'm stressed, when my mind is noisy. On the other hand, if I have that desire for sugar, if I sit down and I meditate, and I meditate very well and very deeply, and my mind becomes very, very, very calm, and my body becomes relaxed and peaceful, and my mind is very focused, then I notice when I'm like that, that desire for sugar will get weaker. As my mind becomes more calm, more peaceful, the unhealthy desire gets weaker and weaker and weaker. Interesting. On the other hand, the positive intuitions, those positive uh, attractions or thoughts, they get stronger, they come more when my mind is calm. And they're harder to hear when my mind is noisy, right? If I'm if my mind is really noisy, then I don't then the intuition it's like the intuition doesn't come or I can't hear it because my mind is too noisy and distracted by too many other things. But when my mind becomes very, 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 very calm and peaceful and my body too, that's when it's like I can now I can hear that intuition and now that intuition can come and gets louder and stronger, louder and stronger. This is an important thing. I, Paulo Coelho doesn't really talk about this in the book, but it's something I've noticed in my own life and that is important because I know people get confused by this, right? This is one of the weak points, I believe, of many of these, well, what we call in English New Age, New Age books which are kind of spiritual books, but they're more modern. They're, uh, the Secret that is another one that's popular. Probably a lot of you know about The Secret, the book The Secret. It's kind of another New Age book. It's not that they're teaching anything bad. It's not that they're even wrong. It's just that uh, they're not specific enough, and they don't teach about the dangers of some of these ideas. See, some of these ideas they're teaching have a negative side also, and they ignore the negative side. They don't warn against it. It's, it's, they're a little bit naive. They're, it's, it's just not it's skillful. And this area of desire is a very dangerous one. 
because it's very hard. Many, many, many people, I'd say maybe most people, get confused by this. That a lot of people have this question, and it's very hard to know what is a good uh, moral, spiritual intuition. And what is just a, a thought, a craving, a desire that's not healthy? Now, some things are very obvious. So if you want heroin, which is a terrible drug that will make most people know, oh, well, obviously that's negative craving. And, you know, wanting to help people is obviously positive so that there there are many situations where it's obvious but there are also many areas where you're not sure and so it's not a good idea just to follow any desire you have oh I really want this therefore it must be good well maybe not especially because of media and the schools and our own human nature. We desire all kinds of terrible things. We desire lots of things that feel good in the short term, but are very unhealthy long term. Are harmful to ourselves, harmful to others. Foolish. So I believe this is a very, very important question. And that it's when talking about intuition, when talking about um, you know, following one's mission, when talking about uh, desires, when talking about, you know, this idea of, the, the, like, in the secret of very, really wanting something and imagining it and wanting to, to get it. We always, always, always have to talk about at this, at the same time understanding and knowing how do we know which ones are positive and good spiritual wise and which ones are the opposite if we don't ask that question we can go off in a very bad direction in life and and we know lots and lots of people do Also, lots of people just get confused. They don't... Maybe they don't do anything terrible or bad. But they just get confused. They just get lost in confusion because they can never decide, well, I don't know, is this a good intuition or is this just foolish? Uh, and then other people, you know, some people tell them uh, d their opinions and they get more confused. Again, let's use the career example. That's a good one. So a young person, they get out of school, they're done with school, it's time to decide what to do with their life. What do I do? And they have all these thoughts and desires and, you know, maybe they have, they have the desire to make a lot of money, they have the desire to be rich. Maybe some people have the desire to be famous, to be a rock star. Some have the desire for power. Some just want to be happy. And they have all many, many, many different thoughts and ideas about what possible things they could do or want to do or what should they do. Or some have no idea. Some, they just no idea at all. 
so how do they go forward? How do they decide which desires are wise and good and healthy and in really are from intuition and which are just foolish or unhealthy? You've got to decide that first before you chase your desire, <laughs> before you go running after your strong desires, you first have to figure out which ones are the deep, true, powerful ones, the intuitions, and which ones are just your conditioning, your programming from others who want to control you, who want to lead you in a bad way. Or even your own, you know, we have also just bad desires that come from inside too, that are just biological sometimes are so that's why this is important and that's why I hope you'll understand and you'll use this method to figure this out and this is a great test quieting your mind quieting your mind and let those ideas come and be patient with it. Intuition is a, is a patient process. It takes some time. Okay, you can't just sit, quiet your mind one for one hour, and then you think you'll get all the answers you need. No, probably not. You're probably going to need to do that every single day, possibly for many months, especially for the big questions. So you got to be patient. Just continue to live your life the best you can. Do the best you can. And just keep quieting your mind, calming your mind, quieting your mind, peacefully observing, observing, listening, observing. It will come, I promise you. And this is a really good test of your, any desire you have, anything you think you want a lot. Quiet your mind as much as you can. And when you're feeling the most peaceful, the most calm, the most quiet, then... Notice, is the desire, is the thought, is the attraction stronger or weaker? Usually if it's something good and positive, it will be louder and stronger when you feel calm and peaceful. And usually if it's something unhealthy, it will get weaker as you get calmer and peaceful. So you, you make your best decisions when you have a calm peaceful mind that's when your intuition is working the best that's when your conscience is working the best okay well so that's a very practical tip about thinking and intuition connected to our story the alchemist so please use it be open receive Calm your mind, observe, listen, be patient. And do this, by the way, with your effortless English lessons. There's a connection to English with this. This is what your mind should be like as you listen to your effortless English lessons. Open and receptive. It's an intuitive. That's why, again, effortless English is an intuitive way of learning. Many times people ask me, how can I learn grammar? If I don't study the rules. Well, because you learn it intuitively with the stories, especially with the stories, especially the point of view stories, but really with everything. But it works best as you listen to the Effortless English lessons to have this same calm, open, 
mind. Just observing as you listen. Just listen and noticing the English carefully. Not thinking, not trying to analyze it, not trying to figure out rules or ideas, not trying to memorize anything, just being open and carefully, carefully, carefully concentrating and listening as much as possible. Let the lessons work. They will work. You just need to be calm and open. It's an intuitive learning system. Totally different than the way you learned in school. (laughs) It's time for me to walk back home on this very calm and peaceful fall evening. Catch up with me. Gab is back, by the way. Yay! Gab. Gab.com. G-A-B dot com. Follow me. A-J Hogue. At A-J Hogue. That's my name. A-J-H-O-G-E. Send me a message on Gab. Give me suggestions for my new mini course. Ask me questions. Follow me on Gab. G-A-B dot com. Gab dot com. Follow me at AJ Hogue, A-J-H-O-G-E. And join my VIP program. Get those intuitive lessons. Train intuitively. I train you to speak English powerfully, to speak English confidently, to speak English fluently, to speak English effortlessly. That's what speak English effortlessly means. It means you speak it intuitively. It just happens automatically because the grammar... The vocabulary, the pronunciation, the understanding, all of it is deep, deep, deep inside of you. You're not using your normal thinking. It just happens automatically. It's from your deeper intuition. That's how you learn with Effortless English and with my VIP lessons. So join my VIP program today. Commit to being a VIP member. Go now to EffortlessEnglishClub.com. Go to EffortlessEnglishClub.com effortlessenglishclub.com